Stardate 1226.2020. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, the kind of smart, kind of funny podcast about new Star Trek and beyond. I'm your reluctant captain, Mike Moody Garcia. With me on the view screen, we have Mariah Gossett, Clyde Haynes, Grant Davis. And we're back with another live pod after a short holiday hiatus. Happy holidays to everybody. Happy yeah, Boxing yeah. Day. You too. Merry Christmas to those who celebrate, even though it's a, it's a day later. Uh, we're back to review and break down the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery, Season 3, Episode 11, Sukal. Sucky. I think it's pronounced sucky. Oh, showing your hand already. <laughs> Hold up. So I'm sorry. We- <laughs> Jump in the gut, man. <laughs> We uh we typically run through some housekeeping stuff at this point in the pod, but we're going to change things up a little bit today because I want to hear what y'all thought of this episode. So, um, hmm. what's that called again? Let's hmm. hear some uh, hot freaks. Oh! Ah, All right. <laughs> That's a good one. Good. All right. Hot Frakes on Star Trek Discovery Season 3, Episode 11, Sue Call. Who's going first? I might go first because I think I'm the outlier in this situation. Um, oh. I loved this episode. I thought it uh, was building us up to our uh, finale, you know, kind of two-parter we're about to get uh, for the next two weeks. We've laid the groundwork for a possibility of what's caused the burn, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to be what has caused the burn in some way, shape, or form. Um, I also love that we essentially finally got a holodeck episode out of Discovery, which I always love a good holodeck up. I thought the visual effects looked incredible. I loved seeing Doug Jones's face for once. Um, also, Colbert needs that earring permanently. I don't know if he can just <laughs> always be Bajoran, but I loved that. Pretty hot. Um, and yeah, and I thought Book coming to save the day, Tilly acting like a badass on the bridge was super fun. We got like lots of classic Trek. The ship got taken over. We have a moody baby who is at the cornerstone of protecting the galaxy. <laughs> and um, yeah, I thought it was great. I had a great time watching this episode. All right, let's hear from Grant. Oh, man. Um, I thought that... Thank you, Mariah. (laughs) I thought it started out pretty fun and adventurous. I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to go to the nebula. They're going to find out what this signal is of this baby thing. And then all of a sudden, it entered into this sort of... um, What's that called? The the Shadowlands from uh, X-Men, you know, the, the dreamscape thing that, that uh, Mr. Sinister always puts them in. It, it felt like some weird MC Escher kind of dreamscape thing. And it was dorky and it reminded me of what I vaguely recall seeing anytime I would tune into like an original TNG or well, yeah, exactly. Next Generation kind of episode. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what what's going on here with this corniness? Um, I thought that the redemption was in how it ended. I thought that was a pretty good cliffhanger ending and was pretty exciting. And also, um, Book is carrying this show. That guy is fantastic. (laughs) Everything that Book's doing, (laughs) I'm just, I'm all about it. I'm like loving it. That's kind of, that's where I'm at. We'll, We'll do a deeper dive into me. 
um, whining about certain elements, but I know Mike is going to say the exact same complaint as I did about the burn. So go ahead. Well, <laughs> all right. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll jump into it. First, I want to echo a lot of what Mariah was saying. I did like a lot about this episode. Um, it was a bizarre episode, but... I like some of it. There were some problems. There was a lot to like, though, despite those problems. I love seeing Doug Jones act without the prosthetics, proving, again, that he's a great actor. He doesn't have to be covered in makeup. Uh, some of the scenes where he reconnects with his Kelpian history were actually pretty touching. I enjoyed that. The The hollow world looked pretty cool at times, very M.C. Escher and trippy, and I love the feeling of like not knowing what to expect there. Anything could really happen. I love that, that landscape. Um, Tilly showdown with the leader of the chain was suspenseful and fun. I love the, the clapbacks and the, the sarcastic air Tilly's whole showdown took on. That was fun. It was like Tilly was speaking directly to like the shittier parts of the internet. And that was sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was a mixed bag for me. Not a very successful one because of the, the end. So, okay. I'm just going to get to it. I was not a fan of the explanation of the burn. But I don't think that's the full explanation of the burn yet. I think it's a red hair. Still doing a hot freak. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know because, oh, hey, it's Grant. Don't don't put me on the spot here. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll, I'll get your back. I, I wasn't a fan of the explanation of the burn. And so far, all we know is that this is the explanation of the burn. It has... Me not being a fan of what, how the burn was explained has nothing to do with expectations. I know we theorized a bit on the pod about who or what had caused the burn, but I had no real need or expectation about the answer other than it be like original, creative, emotionally compelling. And yeah, none of that was the case. Uh, it sure was different. And I applaud the writers trying to emotionally connect it to a character unfortunately was a character we didn't know or care about um but we'll we'll get into it in a little bit so mixed bag for me what'd you think Clyde? all right uh not my favorite episode uh i was not a fan i think mike before we started you said it was like 10 percent that you weren't really feeling i would say it was about 10 percent that i was feeling um and you could have kept the entire everything that happened on the planet you could have kept that for me um, I wasn't moved by it. I wasn't really that interested in it. Um, you know, you're right. It was the, when we look at the burn being caused by the angst of a character that we don't know or care about, you definitely could have kept that. Uh, even if it's a red herring, it's a bad red herring for me. And you know, usually I'm Mr. Positive about most of this stuff, but I was a, I was I was really disappointed. I like a red herring that, I'm really believe I I think it's believable that I'm sold that and then you do a, a 180 or a right turn and I'm like whoa where did that come from that's if you're gonna do a red herring that's what I was expecting I was expecting um the burn I wasn't expecting the burn to be this big mysterious mystical all-encompassing thing I, I just like if you give me a believable reason right it's it is the Romulans doing something or it's some splinter group of somewhere that created something you that's all i needed like just give me something believable this this was like what why a child (laughs) throws a tantrum and all the ships in the universe explode no i I wasn't that but I, i will say 
what happened on Discovery with Tilly in the chair was incredibly compelling. I mean, everything that happened there, even with um, kind of the things that were going on in engineering, that I was into. That's where I woke up and was like, okay, I'm fully paying attention, right? Everything else had me thinking like, was this supposed to be the Halloween episode that got pushed back? Like, I just, I really wasn't into the dreamscape or the scary monsters or, you know, all of that. So I'm, we're, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that we're going to get some redemption in the next couple episodes. But right now I was just like, eh, I like the last 15 minutes. All right. Some hot, hot freaks. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited to dive deeper into this episode and everybody's opinions uh especially mariah because i want to see what you pulled out of this that that i didn't but before we dive deeper into this episode grant can you tell everybody how they can support the podcast yeah you can go to patreon.com slash star trek pod make a per episode pledge give us two bucks an episode and join us on our private exclusive slack channel there you can chat with other trekkies who love the show love all things trek and you can also get access to bonus exclusive content when we do a movie review of something or talk about a little bit of a deep dive into <laughs> um, best of seven of nine episodes or, you know, whatever we're trying to do over there. Um, we'd love to have you guys join us and we appreciate your support. That is patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. Yes. You can also subscribe to the podcast, um, the audio version, if you're watching us live on YouTube, or if you're listening to the audio version, you can watch us live or watch the the stream later on on our YouTube page. You can find links to everywhere you can listen and or watch us all at StarTrekPod.co. And if you are watching us live, <clears throat> we want you to participate in the show. Like so many of people who are watching us right now, feel free to type in capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat and let us know how you think I'm absolutely wrong about hating the stuff that's on the planet. I see you there, Chupi. <laughs> um, but feel free to participate in the episode. Ask us questions. We'll try and get to them at the end of the show. All right. And if you are joining us just a little late, uh, welcome, everybody. Happy holidays. We're talking about season uh Three, episode 11, Sue Call of Star Trek Discovery. And yeah, we we're on holiday break. And do you mind if I show you guys a little bit of my haul this uh, Christmas? Uh, yeah. Sure. Oh, oh okay. Is that okay? I'm assuming right, it's right. a nerdy haul. All right. Yes. Yeah. First, we we do a video show. So if yeah. you hey, check us out on video. Ooh, Wrong show. That. Star, gotta... It's a Star Wars shirt that says 1977 for you listening. Hey, look, look at that. Oh, again, nice. the wrong show. Wrong There's another show, Star Wars Millennium Falcon shirt he's showing us. Look, look at these. And I mean, baby, but Baby Yoda is adorable. Baby Yoda socks. Look, look at that. Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Wow. That, that that one Jedi. That's what I got, guys. <laughs> I, I mean, Mike, man. <laughs> I Man, I, I didn't realize you were that into Trek. I think we're... Neither we doing, did I. <laughs> I was like, hey, are we doing the wrong type of pot? I, My I, family I, I sent me all Star Wars stuff. You know, I'm fancy. Nice. Speaking of which, I just got to say, when you talk about Star Wars, um, seeing uh, the Mandalorian in... Uh, Wonder Woman with no makeup is pretty fascinating to me. So it's just a <laughs> That's shout true. Out. That's true. Okay. Um, let's continue talking about this fucking bizarre episode of Star Trek. Sue Call was written by Anne Cofell Saunders, directed by Norma Bailey. This episode was previously titled Citadel. 
in press releases and such, but was changed before airing. So if you're a little confused, that's why. Of course, it's named after the character of Sukal, a character who apparently caused the burn through his night terrors. I don't know. Man-child tantrum. <laughs> Ooh, I have such a good theory on this, but I, I wanted to just uh, uh, one really quick thing on Anne uh, Saunders. She uh, wrote for like probably some of my favorite episodes of Battlestar Galactica. So I'm really yeah. excited um, uh, about her being on this team. But mm. um, yeah, and then the Citadel, I think also makes sense if they were thinking that's what they're going to call it because that's what they have to go like find him in. Right. But yeah. Um, okay, so it looks like Lamo here, Mariah, in the mm-hmm. comments is is echoing what you're saying. She's, yes. She says, I like the app overall. It was entertaining as hell. I trust they'll build this out more. And yeah. it sounds like that's what you were saying earlier, right? Yeah, so my, my thoughts are that the mom has obviously programmed Dr. Um, uh, what was her name? Uh, that Dr. Kelpian. Isa. Dr. Isa. Dr. Isa. Um, has programmed all these things to take care of her child. She realized she was not going to make it um, through the radiation and she needed something to both protect and to teach her child um, while she was gone. Simple. Just whip up a program like that. No problem. You know, we got some brand engineers. And a lot of those things are already things that I think exist. And I think over time, like, it is obviously built into this gigantic world to fit the needs of this person. And if you have the capabilities to create any world... I would also not stick to a starship the whole time and maybe build something really interesting like that. Um, But what I think has happened is there's some sort of defense mechanism when anytime this kid is afraid or thinks something's going to hurt him, that is then causing the ship to react, which is then causing the planet to react because it is an entire planet of dilithium, which is an unstable radioactive matter, as we saw as it killed Spock in the Wrath of Khan. And so I think the planet then causes that reaction, which then goes into the nebula, which then caused the burn. So I do think it's just a small catalyst in this bigger thing that then happens. So it's not necessarily yeah. that this kid is the all-powerful being. And, no. you know, I would assume it's perhaps maybe the day his mother actually died is the day right. of the burn. Yeah, I mean, the technical aspects weren't very well explained, but it's it's pretty clear that – or it was clear to me that, that what's, that's what's going on. He's not like some godlike powerful being. But, I mean, emotionally connecting the cause of the burn – to the trauma and alienation of a character and presenting that trauma and alienation as like its own sort of strange alien world. That's not a bad idea. It's actually a really pretty cool idea. But the execution was just bizarre and muddled and hard to connect with. I mean, first off, we don't know or care much about Sakal, so I'm not at all invested in his story even though i thought the actor did an interesting do- interesting job yeah it's phil uh Irwin is the actor right. uh who i yeah. thought did a cool job emulating a lot of saru's like mannerisms but we just met him i'm not at all invested in him or his character or anything about him this this episode did little to endear him to me or to make me care about him so tying sakal's like emotional journey to the cause of the burn the major mystery of the season the thing that has shaped vastly the timeline we are in it was just a huge misfire for me it seemed like the writers were trying it seemed more like they were trying to emotionally connect the cause of the burn to saru by instead connecting it to the development of this other poor random random 
Kelpian man baby, but that just didn't work emotionally for me or narratively at all. It was just, it undermined for me some stuff that disco just sometimes doesn't do well. Like it attempted, it was a failed attempt to like root the big space mystery with a lot of emotional weight. And I applaud the theme, I applaud the attempt, but it didn't work. It just overcomplicated the answer to the mystery to the point that I almost checked out when Colbert started spouting his ridiculous throwaway techno babble about how it works. <laughs> oh, clearly and, the kid is a mutant oh. who has like linked to uh, dilithium somehow and has mutant powers or whatever. Sure, yeah, and and that's a trope, that's, right? That's like a yeah. that's like a trope. The trope of the cause and the cure of of this universe altering event resting on the shoulders of someone who who must confront his trauma that appears in the form of like some cgi shadow ghost monster it's so tired yeah. and for star trek and for the sci-fi genre like it's not a bad idea um and it's not because i i was hoping it would be the romulans or the dominion i don't care but um i do think the show will flesh it out and make it more interesting and believable later they just kind of dropped the reveal here, right? But the reveal didn't sit well with me for all those reasons. Well, Mike, I think to your point, I think this got trapped in the middle, right? So on one hand, if if it had been this emotional connection, then it might have been very different. So when I think back to an episode in this season where I thought they did a good job was the seed ship, right? I felt some emotional connection to what was going on. You've got this father who is who has to say goodbye to his his family and he's desperately trying to save them right because he is alone and has been wondering and trying to figure out how do they how does he hold on to him like it, it wasn't like bring me to tears emotional connection but i got it like i felt it and so when he had to make this choice and then for non to say you know what i'll stay here like i got all that like it all that worked right so that's on one end of the spectrum where you can have the situation where the emotional connection is clear and and you become invested. On the other end, is this just simple and it works and you're focused on the how do we resolve not having another burn or this mystery? It's almost a crime detective. Who did it? Why did why did they did it? It's that's less less surprise, less shock, but also fairly straightforward. And where this fell was in the middle. Muddied, no emotional connection, and left me going, eh. And I think that was what what hurt for me, is I was like, I, I, I don't care. And it just felt like it was a little dropped. Uh, uh, Lamo here has a great comment. She said, it's the Kelpian transformation story. Agree with several here discussing Sakal's journey being representative of all Kelpians and Saru in particular. And yeah, that wasn't lost to me at all. However, I didn't feel it. It it, it really felt like the writers wanted to give Saru and, and Doug Jones a big emotional episode and and tie the big mystery of the season to him and his culture and his people. Um, but it, it didn't connect that maybe, way. Maybe I'm heartless. I didn't care. Right. Like I just it it didn't move the needle like at all. I'll tell you what, you- the, when I see like the 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 emotional connection between Stamets and Adira in that moment at the very beginning, when the, when they're talking at the end of kind of Giorgio's party 
our memorial and they have this moment and and he addresses a gray he cannot see that emotionally landed to me like a ton of bricks but this this kelpian thing i'm out i i like stamets saying that i don't care about gray anymore at all there's nothing happening in that story and it's it's not happened for this this many episodes now that i'm just like do something with gray or have, have him not in the story anymore. Cause I don't know. <laughs> like, he just pops in and like, is just kind of traumatizing Adira and then like bounces out. Is there something more to kind of flesh out about like what's going on with, with that relationship and with trills and whatever is going on. But I don't know. I'm, I, I wonder if Adira going to the planet, which I thought that was such like a badass little moment for them. Like the, mm-hmm. I need your compatch now, you know, like, and, and of course, Ordering Reno around. of course, Reno's going to be like, yeah, kid, whatever, like <laughs> go do your thing. Um, Breaking the rules. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Um, I really liked that a lot. I'm excited to see Adira down with the, the away team for the rest of this, but I'm wondering if the radiation of the planet is going to somehow solidify gray into a character that everybody can see which i Hope think so. will be kind of interesting um possibly I, or something along those lines i gotta say i love a good mariah like theory like it's i feel like it's been a minute since you've given us a really good one that would that's gold it's, I like it's that a one. it's a good theory because this uh this is hollow hollow technology like we've never seen mm-hmm. before and apparently it has the ability to morph and change based on someone's needs and mm-hmm. based on their emotions and thoughts and feelings so yeah it would make sense for reno or um adira herself to figure Themself. out how to incorporate this to get gray out of her psyche and into the real world yeah uh, I, I have to agree with what or out of their psyche I agree with what you were saying, Mike, about everything that was kind of absurd and overplayed about um, the Sukal having to uh, confront his demons or whatever, and that we have no emotional connection to this character at all. I think it's a little bit, it's still in this first episode, seems like a unnecessary convoluted narrative device that Saru has to look human. I think it's more of just like throwing a bone to Doug Jones that he doesn't have to wear prosthetics for a couple episodes, but yeah, so that they can show some like emotional weight to what he's doing, hopefully in the other episodes. Cause here again, it was just a little bit of a shrug in his, his dynamic with these characters and for them to present that this, 125 years isolated man-child Kelpian needs to suddenly confront their fears to undergo Viharai to free themselves from another burn occurring or whatever. I don't really know what they're saying, but like in order for us to escape. I think the program cannot end until they complete the test. And so they've been avoiding the test. And because now that the hollow has been on for so long and is a little glitchy, there's no other way to get the hollow to turn off without completing the test. I'm also wondering, like, I I did love seeing Doug Jones in person because I think Doug Jones is just an incredible actor. But I wonder if y'all would have felt a more deep emotional connection to this whole story if we had gotten to seeing a Kelpian going through all of this. Do you know what I mean? Like, what if... If, 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 he, if he as a Kelpian was talking to correct. Sukal. Yeah. Yes. Nope. You don't think it would have helped? I think it would have What would have helped? I didn't get it. Do you think you would have felt a deeper, um, like a better sense of the emotional sort of heightenedcy of the whole situation on the planet if 
Saru had been in Kelpian form the whole time? Not really. I mean, if um, maybe if Sukal was a descendant of Saru or of his sister, something where, but we even don't though know we saw, yet. we don't know that. But even even though we saw we saw Doug Jones's face and he was able to emote more um, in this episode and show us how great of an actor he is, I still didn't feel that he was like like this was happening to him, you know, and I I didn't. I, I, I didn't, uh, it didn't reach me emotionally, unfortunately. And I like Doug Jones and what he did in this episode. And I think I felt that he was torn, right? And we see Michael saying, you know, his, his judgment is already compromised. I felt that. Like, I, like I, said, I thought he, he did a phenomenal job. Um, and like everyone else said, I think the, the crew and the things outside of, of that were superb, right? When we see not not only what we saw from Tilly, but from Book, what we see from Stamets, Adira, and and Reno, like everything else was really working for me, right? You, yeah, just it was just it didn't land. I couldn't. I was not connected to Sakal in any way, and I want it to be. I um I wanted to just one of the scenes I thought that was really successful on the planet was when uh, Michael was pretending to be the hollow trying to talk to the kid. And that like mm-hmm. warm smile from Sonequa, like you could tell, I, I just love the way that she interacts with people who are supposed to be childlike or new species. And like that curiosity as well as that sort of warmed embrace. But you could also feel that little teeth grit of like, I am doing this because we need to get the hell off of this planet and I need you to listen to me, but I'm going to act like the mommiest mom right now to get what I want. <laughs> my skin's about to fall off in, a, yeah. in an hour. Yeah. We need to, to get this over with. TikTok, kid. buddy. TikTok. But, but, but you're right. That was a great scene. I also like the scene with Saru, even, you know, as a human interacting with the elder Kelpian. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was a great scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so again, like I'm, I, I don't want to pick on Sakal, but there were pieces that just, I was like, wow, that's pretty good. Like, oh, I, I, I'm enjoying this. But it just didn't all come together for some reason. I'm, I'm Okay, on the positive, I'm with you on the Burnham scene, uh, seeing her adapt and show us why she is Michael Burnham, why she is the officer that we all know and respect. That was great. I really enjoyed that. And there was some great scenes here of, Starfleet officers who we love showing us why we love them and showing us new dimensions like that scene with Burnham and the scene with Tilly, which I'm sure we'll talk about it in a bit. Uh, Grant, did you want to jump in? Oh, only so much to say, like the Burnham scene, it was fine. I, nothing, nothing. It didn't do anything for me. The Saru with the elder scene. It was just, there was just a lot of, it felt like Grant, there was, it's Christmas. It felt like there was just a lot of wasted time in this Escher dreamscape that they built. I will say that the monster looked badass to me. I thought I loved the underwater mossy kelp thing going on with it. Um, but I did think it was really impressive that at the end when and I know I'm jumping ahead, but at the end when um, Osira takes over the ship. And you see that book comes to rescue and Burnham's on the ship and they're heading back. I'm like, man, if anyone can fix this shit, it's Burnham. Like, I mm-hmm. felt like an, an immediate sense of, of, of confidence for them that she 
is the person, not Saru, who could fix that situation right there. So th- that's a testament to how they've developed that character that I'm, I'm, I fully buy in and I'm excited about her character, her conviction, and that she knows how to just troubleshoot. And it's, it's like Vic Mackey, right? In the shield. You're like, oh, things are so upside down. No one can fix this. But Vic Mackey can and with a phone book to some perp's head usually. <laughs> you know, what, what's interesting to me about Discovery and the way they've done this crew is they've they've very subtly kind of gotten rid of some characters that you thought could exist as That's you. super competent, standalone, number three, number four, number five people, right? So when you think back to TNG, right, your top two are Picard and Riker. But then you look and you go, you've got Data, you've got Geordi, right? Like you've you you've got Troy, you've got characters that when you think about, okay, we're taking an away team, I'm gonna leave the ship in the hands of the number five person, right? You're like, no worries, right? What was interesting to me was you're gonna take Saru and Burnham down on the planet, and you're gonna leave the ship with Tilly. And I was thinking, Okay, I understand that Tilly's the XO. She's the number one. I get it. But wouldn't you then want like a really strong person to be aside this rookie XO? And so for for Burnham to be off the ship, I was a little confused at that first because I was thinking there's nobody left on the ship that's going to be able to really be like, that right-hand person. There's no Giorgio. This is your complaint. There's, there's, <laughs> there's no right. Giorgio. There is no Giorgio, but <laughs> there's no Giorgio. You don't have a non, right? And I guess you might have Stamets, right? But he's going to be an engineering. So I was a little concerned about that. But then at the end, it made sense because I said, okay, well, of course, you couldn't have had Burnham on the ship because now you need to have Burnham go save the ship. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they stripped it of, of all the alphas who... Mm-hmm are going to wreck shit, right? Right, because, yeah, I was like, Book is kind of, I feel like they were like, you know, Book is the squirrely one that we can sort of leave on this ship where if we need to come up with creative problem solving, we have that ability, which... How did Book become her number one? Like, he was the one replying to her, like, all those other people on the ship, and Book's all like, oh, wait, how do we feel about this? It's because he has uh, the cool little morphing ship that can go where Discovery can't go. Right. Um, so I liked the way that they were able to sort of solve that to uh, to leave it to the crew. And it does look like based on previews for next week, we're all going to get crew kicking ass, which I'm really excited about um, and taking back the ship. Also very excited about that. Um, but I did love the exchange between Osira and Tilly because I just yeah. loved her really standing her ground and being and the like Freud reference I thought was really funny. And um, I I. You know, I the one thing that got me was when she was like, "You're gonna have to kill me to get me out of this seat." I wanted a little bit more of a struggle (laughs) instead of this like tear out. You know, I was like, (laughs) "Does Osira have just like superhuman strength?" I think the Orions are are stronger. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I I was I I was I love that scene too, Mariah. And I thought when she was like, "Come on, Red," I was ready for Tilly to go. What do you want, Green? Like I was ready (laughs) for that, and I was like. 
what happened to that line? That would have been perfect. And, but everything yeah. that came before was great. Like the yes. sarcasm, the disdain Tilly showed, just just uh, tit for tat, you know, just clapping right back at Osira uh, was great. It even made Osira, I thought, a more credible threat. Like, uh it fleshed her out a little more, mm-hmm. gave us more of her personality. Like, I, I really like seeing them face off against each other. I thought that was a, a really fun aspect of this episode. I think, and like, is Osira like this super criminal mastermind where she can like track them now? Apparently. Um, or is it, What do you guys think it was that that They're piece of tech out? that book I, installed into ship that I, was? I think it's like what JC said. Vance is sus. Vance is sus. <laughs> Vance is sus. Vance is sus. However, in the previous episode, maybe it was this one, Book um, installed. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Book did install some uh, some chain tech on Discovery to help them find the ship. Right. And Vance was all, hey, you know, that it's like it's like uh, the Cylons and BSG. If you, you connect your, your computers, yeah. the Cylons can track you. So maybe the chain was able to track them because of that tech. It's possible, but I thought they yeah. said they were just able to track your signature, but um, but maybe it'll be something more twisty in the end, which would be a fun, you know, way to sort of change that up. But uh, right. I loved when Osira sat in the chair with her leg up, which I am now just going to establish. I believe that Osira is the queer villain that we've needed this whole time because um, there is, a, I don't know if y'all know, but there's like a, a trope that... Uh, queer folks cannot sit in chairs properly. <laughs> what? Like right? That sounds ri- that cares? sounds ridiculous. It's like a thing on like TikTok. It's like show me that you're gay without telling me you're gay, and you just have to sit in a chair like crisscross uh, applesauce. Yeah. Yeah, Mariah. Everyone, Mariah is Gen Z scum, so she knows. I am TikTok. a millennial. Thank you very much, Gen Z scum. Grant, what did you think of Osira? Um, she seems like a QVC marketer. <laughs> to me, I, it, it's like it's it doesn't compute that she's a villain. Still, I still feel like she's about to sell me some some useless uh, sarongs or something. I don't know what they sell on QVC, but it, I don't know if I buy it. I think that the back and forth between her and Tilly, I mean, I just feel like I feel like this episode did Tilly dirty a bit. They mm-hmm. keep trying to tell us that Tilly is ready for leadership despite them repeatedly showing us through these three seasons that she's timid, she's awkward, she's indecisive. Like, none of these things that seem to be a leader. It, the only leadership that we see is them constantly telling us she's, she can step up into these situations. And, I mean, I thought, like, sure, she gave banter, but then, once again, this, like she finally gets a position and loses the entire ship <laughs> and gets everyone captured. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's fair. I mean, I think she did everything right. There's this great quote from Picard where you can do everything right and still lose. That's just the nature of of the galaxy, and that that's what happened here. She did everything right. She cloaked. She hid. She did everything she could to save everybody. She. um she talked shit to Osira. She tried to stand for the ship. She did didn't she, let them take the ship until the last the minute. she pushed the no teleporting button so no, people couldn't teleport <laughs> on there? So, <laughs> I, I, look, I, I agree I with both of you. I, I agree with both of you. I think, Grant, I think you, you make a strong point, right? That Tilly's first real command is she gets the ship taken from her. So, like, I, I see that. But, but, Mike, I think- but, but to Mike's point, though, 
I do think she did everything right. And I think what we're looking at is if you had 24 episodes, then you get a couple episodes with Tilly sitting in the big chair and everything going right. Right. But when you have like 12 or 13 episodes... You just don't have the space for it. It just about felt that, like Grant, such a twenty-four episodes. Oh, no, no more. <laughs> it I just felt think... like such a. See, I told you so. I want Vance to just pop in and be like, "I told you, we can't trust Tilly." But I think she's gonna fully redeem herself. I think we had to set her up for the ultimate test okay. for her to redeem mm-hmm. herself. Um, because I mean, how many times in the original series in Voyager, in like every Star Trek, the ship has gotten taken over? Like it yes. is. It is a classic episode. Um, so we just have to see how Tilly's going to solve this particular problem. But we totally had Vance go, oh, wait. So um, so Burnham is going to go with you, Saru, and you both are not going to be on the ship. And wait, Tilly's going to be in charge? Uh, once again, Vance is sus. <laughs> but, like, again. Hashtag like, Vance is sus. To the point that Vance is sus, like, he's the one who now knows that it's just silly. It's uh, Tilly. <laughs> Tilly, Tilly. <laughs> It's just Tilly sitting in the chair. Um, and so is he the one who led Osira to them? Mm. Is Vance Osira? <laughs> I don't think that's it. But <laughs> Please don't do that to us again. Um, but no, I, Mariah, I think that's an interesting point. Because I, I, I thought that was an interesting moment from Vance when he looked at that. Like, you could almost feel him want to say, are you sure? <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah. Like I thought he was gonna say something at some point or he's pull. like I I am Reddit. This is bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to to your point, like he could have pulled Saru aside and said, Hey, are you sure about this? But he didn't. And so that makes me wonder, is Vance sus? Ooh, wait, what if Vance is not the suspect? What if it's that like security person who's always with him? That we only saw on screen this season for about nine minutes yes. and haven't seen in eight who episodes. I, mm-hmm. Who I wanted to be EXO of the ship. Yes. 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 I don't think so. Can't remember their name now. I never understand why they don't just like whenever they're in these situations and they have this ship that can just effortlessly jump point A to B or whatever. Why they don't just like, okay, I'm going to jump right behind you. I'm going to jump over here to the other side of this nebula to this side. They're still going to be close enough to the nebula. Just be on the other side of the nebula. And then that ship's like, ugh, now I got to drive all the way around here. That's true. But this ship, the, the Osiris ship was outfitted with these like tentacles that were really cool that what, we haven't seen before we saw them i think didn't the paclets have those i think we saw that in, in, in the uh, matrix well sure <laughs> but didn't the paclets have those in um in lower decks yes those weird tentacle yeah things? and they also yeah. sort of remind me of like the the control stuff that we saw mm. well and, and we also the issue was like i said i thought tilly it, it made sense that was something that absolutely made sense they were letting books ship get clear mm-hmm. before they went black alert now the issue was the minute that she said black alert you know you've got this long interface where Stamets has got has got to you know stretch before he puts his arms into the gel gotta crack those knuckles you know and as a result all of a sudden you get these people beamed in and who hold his hands like what's interesting is they and, hold his hand well here's the thing about it not for nothing for them to only know about Discovery and that it has a 
spore drive where they should be thinking, what the hell is a spore drive? They knew exactly what to do. I mean, they beamed oh, in yeah. and held his hands. Like you gotta really know what the hell you're doing to do yeah. for that to be your they, first move. There's a there's a spy in the Federation or there's a spy on Discovery or that Vance tech that up. book installed is feeding them information. Yeah, for but sure. even but if the tech that he installed, how would they know to hold Stamets' hand? Like that that's pretty specific. Well, and it's I feel like most I, I feel like people on the ship don't know that. <laughs> right? That's a good call. Olo might not know that. <laughs> Maybe not. It's probably just a convenience for story. Yes. <laughs> and uh yeah, this story this this season is definitely putting a story or plot rather in front of character where the character is chasing the plot unfortunately. Um but it's still fun, still entertaining. Let's um Let's talk about Gray. Gray returns and the explanation for Gray's absence was I needed to figure myself out because I'm stuck inside of you. I can't relate to anyone else. So I disappeared and caused you all these uh all, all this trauma. Sorry. Um Mike, did you say something? I thought I just thought I heard you quoting a weak excuse. <laughs> Uh, it lost me. I wasn't paying attention. Please I, expand on that, sir. Please I was, expand. I was thinking it seemed like possibly Gray, you, you know, all of these, um, the symbiotes are supposed to hold all of the memories of all of these other hosts. And so I'm wondering if this means that Gray can no longer feel or also see the memories of these other hosts at the moment and doesn't really know what to do. And we haven't seen um, a human host a symbiote in forever for a long period of time um and so yeah i don't i mean but it's also like they're young what 18 you know they're playing young kids and like Mm -hmm. they uh both gray and adira i think are going through that you know kind of angsty emotional time in their life we see adira they get to be kind of the the rebel hero hopefully um while gray i think is a little more introspective because they did technically die. <laughs> hey, right. I'm with yeah. Lam- I'm I'm with Lamo. Like, but here's the deal. Lamosa's grace. <laughs> so so here's the deal though. Like if you're if you're seeing somebody, you're dating somebody, you're in love with somebody, right? You, whatever. And they ghost you for a few weeks and they show up and say, Yeah, I was going through some stuff, I'd be like, okay, well what were you doing exactly? Right? What does that mean? Like you can't just show me like, yeah, you know what? I had some stuff on my mind, so I ain't call you for three weeks. Like, get out of here with that nonsense. So but, it just it, but can it we, didn't track. With can we fully relate to a dead trill who's trapped in a human within a symbiote? I mean, if you showing up every day, <laughs> right? Like, if you're with me every day, every minute, you're playing the cello next to me, right? Like, you're, you're coaching me. And then you ghost me? And, like, I need All more right. than... Yeah, I was having a rough day, so I, I pieced out. Like, I need more than that. Well, hopefully there, we'll get po- more. There's potential there for the Adira-Gray relationship to be rewarding in a number of ways. And it'll probably happen next season because the uh, actor who plays Gray is returning next season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think you need uh, Gray as a character in order to have good Adira stories. Adira is is a really fun character. Like, in this episode, we're just praising 
how they conspired with Reno to uh, beam themselves onto Book's ship and go down and save save the life of uh, Colber and Saru, who are stuck on the on the planet. She brought the medicine, and and now they're going to be there with them. Like Adira is a cool character without um, this connection to this other character that is kind of just complicating issues. Yeah. I'm not anti-Grey. I'm just saying you don't really need Grey. Right. Which is probably why I'm hoping they become like a fully realized character that everyone else can see because then yes. they can fully develop as a character. It, hey, I'm all I don't, for them being a character if they have skills to bring to the ship. What What's Grey got? Right, n- right now it's like an con? OC plot. Like this is this hey, is just like hey, why young you teenage. OC? Oh man, <laughs> you know how I feel. You do a This Is Us podcast. You know how I feel about that show. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I find that um, the care that was shown between Book and Burnham when um, Book goes and like gets uh, Chernobyl and then comes back and just like they do a blood transfusion is fine. Um, or when uh, Stamets and Culber are like, Stamets is like, no, don't leave. I found all of that like really endearing, but I, I also, I, I like those kind of relationships when they're threaded directly into the rest of the plot. Like, mm. I, I just don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to be getting from Gray yet. That's all. Mm-hmm. Except for yep. that uh, he, he's tormenting poor Adair. It's <laughs> fair, it's fair. I want to bring up some uh, just some minor details from this episode. Apparently, did we know that Discovery now has um, cloaking technology? We do now. We do yeah. now. Yeah, they added that. They said that in the other episode that they're oh, adding they? that onto the ship. All right. Yeah, they, I mean, they must have made a reference just so that they could <laughs> bring do it this. Up here. Yeah, it's and, a fun and, retrofit. Yeah, and Grant, I don't know if you know this, but in other Star Trek timelines, cloaking is not allow based on a treaty oh, but i guess in the future know. like the technology is there but the federation has said look we won't it's kind of like you know we won't use cloaks as part of this agreement and, and now then the like, romulans well, do it all the time right yeah the romulans do it all i know time. It, it's seen as non not ethical ah. to yeah. use yeah but uh, when you're up against the chain you gotta it, do it it's do war. what you gotta do so um kelpians can show that they're pregnant on their foreheads Cannot with acne on their foreheads just like humans which which <laughs> me, leads me to believe that they're they're not catholic <laughs> no all okay. right yeah we're gonna just <laughs> move right past that joke right. another <laughs> another minor another minor nitpick i have was okay so um the man baby kelpian what's his name the title of this episode sukal 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 his mom created this hollow environment, right? We're thinking. So when people um, uh, beam into it, their appearance is changed to suit what he would expect in the hollow environment. Mm-hmm. So why is the kelp? Why does the kelpian look like a human? I miss- Shouldn't he look like a kelpian to comfort him? I, don't- I mean, my that one is definitely a nitpick for me as well, but the way I sort of started to justify it in my head because I wanted to just like this episode no matter what today um, is that um, perhaps the only Kelpians created for this were the, the Elder and that was it. And so uh-huh. another Kelpian would be like very weird to see. 
In other words, they just wanted to show Doug Jones without the makeup and and we liked it. I think okay. they were, yeah, just giving Doug Jones a day to not have to sit in the makeup chair. Because even like yeah. I think um, uh, they were saying for like Hugh's makeup, that even takes like three to four hours to do just the Bajoran stuff. Um. That's too bad because he looks awesome in it. I, I was like, honestly, though, why has Colbert? And I know why because of the timeline. Like, I know why if people are going to chime in. But I was like, can we just like leave him Bajoran? Because he looks great. <laughs> the earrings, I love. <laughs> I want him ne- next episode to get back on a ship and be like, I'm making a choice. I'm Bajoran now. <laughs> <laughs> Start like, following you can ju- you can all the just spiritual laws. Like... <laughs> Or or he just keeps the earring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to searing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it feels it. good. It weights my head properly. <laughs> oh, so Phil R kind of maybe has an explanation in the chat. He says that holodeck is broken AF. True. I think it just randomizes the characters into known species. Michael and Colbert were already human, but became Trill and Bajoran. Sure, that was not clear, but sure, that's my head count. I mean, now. it Thank looks you, like a lovely program for a child. These broken stairs and nightmare hallways. <laughs> what what kid wouldn't love to be raised in such an environment? Well, also I feels very looked, Kelpian. I wonder if it was like a nicer environment at the beginning that has just slowly been decaying as the computer dies. Like the the way that the universe looks is the way the computer feels. <laughs> I mean, not much is nice, so it must have been a lot of decay. But. I thought, oh, man, when they were walking across those, like, moving bricks to the Citadel, though, and those, like, it looked mm-hmm. like the orchid creatures, maybe, or something mm-hmm. yeah. from, like, Picard flying through the air. Yeah. I was, like, here for it. I was, like, I know this is not a real planet, but I've been wanting an alien world's planet for, like, episode for a while, and I feel like I got it all in this episode. Yeah, this was much cooler than just beaming onto a ship and looking around a, a- a creepy, yes. you know, ship. This was great. It's a great idea to flesh this out visually this way for sure. I, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Mario today, and that felt like a Mario level where they're just like going across the mm-hmm. the floaty tiles to the mm-hmm. castle or whatever is oh, going yeah. on. I'm like, oh yeah. Was- when you started that, I had no idea where you're going, <laughs> but nice uh, connection, Greg. Yeah. Um, what did y'all think about the scene between um, Stamets and Colbert when Stamets is all like? you can't go. And then Culver's essentially like, I'm not a housewife. I'm going on this mission. Like, <laughs> I was like, dude, you, you are in a military for the most part. And you just said, you can't go. Like he got an order. Like, it's not like he was like, I, I thought it was great to show kind of Stamets concern for him. They're kind of, um, rocky relationship and that like there's something still a bit tenuous in how they're they're trying to build it back to where it was um but also that when when culper's talking about like having this this newfound purpose in in this future uh i i like that it it gave me much more of a, a window into his character and and how how he's been able to adapt so well it seems like we've we've all been remarking about how he's stepped up into this position where he's able to recognize other people's trauma and pull from something within in order to address that with each individual in like a very caring and compassionate way. And I'm like, okay, this is all tracking with Mm -hmm. the trajectory of that character. It feels like they know what they're doing with Colbert. Yeah. I co-sign all of that. And in that scene and in a scene later with, um, with Saru, Kolba reminds us that he is the only one who really knows what it's like to be lost and alone 
in a weird alien hellscape where you don't know what's going on or who you are. So he can maybe relate to this um, man, baby Kelpian. So that was a great callback and a great reminder of how much shit this character has been through and how valuable he is in this situation. So yay, Colbert. On, um, on the flip side, I thought there was something a bit, a bit rich about um, Burnham talking about Saru being unable to be objective um, about the situation. She's like, Oh, he's, he's not able to be objective here. And I was like, how many times this season (laughs) were you unable to be objective (laughs) Burnham and like putting the needs of then she knows best. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, Oh, I identify. This is what I do. He's pointing at me. I am projecting now. (laughs) (laughs) She's getting into the Freudian uh, concepts that Tilly uh, referenced. Um, I was very amused by that, but I was like, eh, that's fine. You ride with him. Keep an eye on him. Everything's going to go awful, apparently. <laughs> it went sideways. Let's uh, let's jump into some of these comments, because there's a bunch of good ones. Good, uh, fun live comments here. Don't do it, Mike. <laughs> um, I will curate the comments. Grant, if you want to help me, too. I know you have access to sure. comments. Um, um, oh, here, Chike says, how come no one thinks book? Is sus. Because man. I cannot allow that man Mm-mm. to break my heart. It's too lovable. <laughs> nah. Nope. Too in love with him. Also, they have He's... too much merch already invested into him. They're not gonna <laughs> Oh, make... like your shirt. Yeah. There's merch from Mariah? What what I'm are, wearing what, a book what merch shirt. are you talking? There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> not just book, but grudge. I'm holding <laughs> a grudge. Shirt. Yes. Home well, hey, I'll, I'll say this. Book did expose grudge to a almost deadly level of radiation. That's a little sus. Is there a space a ASPCA sense. that we can, a space PETA? Do we need to call space PETA? Space PETA. But Book's throwing himself in there and it's like some dicey situations for everyone. He's um, really trying to prove himself, I think. Yeah. Okay. If this Lemos. is a betrayal, that's going to be pretty huge. <laughs> Lamo saying gray is sus. <laughs> Everybody's sus. Emotionally really sus. Everybody's sus, sus apparently. I mean, what if, you know, I still think there's some mystery to be solved with uh, with grudge. The whole queen thing. I feel like we've got we've got to have more than she's just a cat. <laughs> if if we're thinking that someone on the ship has been selling them out, the, the new two the two new additions would be Book and Adira. Mm. Third, so Adira, I guess, is. <laughs> yeah, Adira is now gone great. down to, you know. Uh, sacrifice themselves in a way. Okay. Sure. Fair, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I am also sus. Grant. Grant is sus. Hey, somebody mentioned Adira. What what uh, species do you guys think they'll mask her as next episode on the planet? Ooh. Um, Maybe Trill to fully... <gasps> what if... <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you what go. What if they become Trills so then they can fully finally master the symbiote while on the planet and that's what also allows Grey to become a full character? <laughs> Maybe Mariah that's why they made the Burnham a Trill because I was like, why don't you make Burnham some like a Vulcan? That'd be cool. But Oh, yeah. if, if Adira drops down there as a Kelpian... And, and then uh, Saru's like, what the fuck? <laughs> she, they're going to make her a tribble. Them. <laughs> they, a tribble. Um, okay, Stoss13 says about Adira and Grey. Remember, 
Previous hosts are not separate sentient beings, just memories. Adira isn't talking to, quote, Grey. They are talking to a manifestation of Grey with Grey's memories. I guess we don't okay. know if that's true. I That's what I thought, but I don't, I don't, I know. don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that's, that is the whole thing is, is Grey actually a fully sentient thing, like, humanoid thing like person or is gray just a manifestation of when adira's mind needs something to help calm them down or to guide them i mean my understanding of the the symbiote is that it takes on all of the host memories Mm -hmm. so it's not an an ongoing um individual that that gray that would be invested in that host right it would just be up until the point of gray's death all all of that is still a living operating kind of program in a way right i don't know you guys are the trekkies sort of (laughs) jc wants to see ferengi adira oh i don't need to see that (laughs) with the big ears Um, that would be weird i like the the note about the burr on the chair and oh, using yeah, that, that like scene between uh, them hey, nice. all, yeah. all captains get stressed out and you can That's tell nice. like th- it's always worn out because other people have had to be in this chair and in this position that you're in it's it's a heavy role to play um and then seeing tilly find comfort as she reaches over and finds that little burr on the chair as well it was a cute moment that was great that was a nice human and it, it felt like it connected her with all the other pre- previous captains of other shows as well. Yeah. Wakanda customer service says, what significance do you think the dilithium planet will play bargaining chip to get the discovery back from the chain, a return to form for the Federation? Yeah. What are we going to do here that we have a uh, dilithium planet? I bet it gets blown up. That's I bet I the norm is going to be that there's a scarcity and this is too much of a problematic planet. <laughs> it wouldn't be divvied up properly. So it, it works better long-term storytelling-wise, right? To have the Disco be the only ship capable of jumping throughout the galaxy as quickly, right? Well, I mean, if everyone else can still do warp speed, it's not the same as instantaneous spore drive. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. and they did set the precedent the way that Osiris ship was able to to get to them was essentially using the same um, subspace channels that the Borg used to use. So that's a transwarp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. I missed yeah. that. Okay. Well, look, I, I actually think that it'll, it would be interesting if the Federation controls this planet and now we have a return to form for the Federation. I'm, I'm hoping for that. So Chupi just made a comment about the bots. And I have to tell you that my spouse has been on the train that the bots are the ultimate sus and that they are somehow either the cause of the burn or going to have a big play in it because they've been in the credits. There have been quote unquote prominent bot shots. Can I just say, I've heard the term prominent bot shots every episode of this show from my spouse when we watch it together. Um, And because Michelle paradise is also writing the finale who also wrote the finale for last season in which we saw lots of very problematic bots for our Mm. crew. Yeah, Chupi does say, what if Osira hacked into those those bots? Hmm. Bots are hackable. Mm-hmm. That, would, that, as an explanation, would work for me. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. And then we don't have to get rid of our beloved crew. 
It's just the bots. The bots right. gotta go. Then we don't have to get mad at people. And it's so nobody's sus, just the bots. Just the bots. bots. Are sus. Everybody else is okay. Especially after we saw, you know, in Picard uh, with the, you know, the outlawing of this kind of, you know, the AI and the the data's, if you will. So I wonder if there's some sort of tie-in that's possible there as to why these continue to be problematic technologies. I like Kern's comment here about the Kelpians. It was good to hear that the Ba'ul and the Kelpians united when they joined the Federation. It beats the idea of Kelpians wiping them out in a civil war. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe they did wipe them out. This is a thousand years later. And they, after that, you know, they came together. But it is interesting to see that these two species did find learn how to cohabitate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark says Doug Jones has a lovely face. Agreed. Yeah. It is lovely, but they still got to cover it up every <laughs> week. Yep. <laughs> yeah, apparently he was saying in the, um, uh, you know, the ready room, normally it takes like four to five hours to put on his uh, his makeup. And because he shaves his head completely for filming season so oh, that it takes less time, that was a, a wig for his his humanoid time because they were like oh you know they said it was like a decision of whether or not he was going to be be bald but they decided to give him i thought what looked like a very rich sort of kirk era wig yeah he looked good uh cj higgins maybe this is just for me guys did you know that the new york times named deep space nine one of the best 25 netflix shows to binge or shows to binge on netflix i didn't know that but i'm not surprised everybody binge deep space nine you know, it's not often the New York Times is wrong, but I guess it happens every once in a while. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. I'm I'll kidding. put no, this I'm button. I was like, there we go. Oh! He's gone. I was like, do you know what <laughs> happened this week at the New York Times? In the podcast world specifically? It has oh, been a yes, hot mess yes. over there this That's week. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually think that I think I think if you're looking for something different, and I think that the chances are for reasons that probably aren't fair, Deep Space Nine is probably the one track that I think fewer people have probably seen in a while. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking for some classic, some good track to binge, that's got a pretty com- pretty compelling story throughout, I do think it's a... Clyde, it's a, stop. It, you don't owe this to me. You can insult it's, No, I'm, I'm, it's fine. I'm serious. <laughs> I, like, I've looked back and said, like, I've tried to go back and watch some Voyager, Right. But I've said, you know, at some point, if I have some binge time on me, Deep Space Nine is something that I kind of want to go back. It's better than trying to binge Enterprise. <laughs> Again, I've like not going to do it. <laughs> I like most of it. I love DS9. DS9 is the most relevant track to what's happening now, I will say. Uh, all right, guys. Anything else? We're coming up on the hour. Anything else you want to say about this episode oh. or of season three of DS9? Yeah, I'm going to give it to him. Grant, Did I say DS9? I meant uh, Discovery. Grant, we've been chat, we've been talking in the chat, and they wanted you to know that the uh, ghosty fear creature reminded a lot of people of the smoke monster. So go ahead and do your reference. <laughs> the um, <monster>. Lost. <laughs> Is that all you need me to say? That's it. Yeah, yeah, there it yeah, yeah. I made a bunch of other references to things. I, I even talked about Vic Mackey with a shield today. Which was a which was strong. Like I was like, whoa. Yeah. X Men reference earlier for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you were strong with the references today and if, you spread it out, not just sci fi. If anyone's playing your, your game, they're getting wasted. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, obviously, mixed reactions on this episode. Mariah was much more on board, while the rest of us are, are whiny babies. We're a bunch of Scrooges, apparently, bah humbugging this episode. But maybe this is part of a three-part series, it seems, mm-hmm. to close out this season. And maybe these pieces will line up to something better than... Uh, a kid threw a fit and caused an intergalactic genocide. Look, I, I, <laughs> I hope that's say, not what happened. Look, I gotta say that as as this was not my favorite episode, what I do realize is that this is a an incredible franchise. Um, as a series, I think we're all going to look back and say Discovery was probably one of the better Star Trek series. Um, and so it, with that being said, when you, when you talk about, um, you know, the, the writer being someone who wrote on Battlestar Galactica, which is one of my favorite shows of all time, I'm inclined to trust the writing room in this. And so when I get an episode like this, I'm going, eh, but what I'm expecting is the next two episodes are going to be so compelling that it's going to make sense. So as a standalone episode, I, I thought it was a little meh, um, with the exception of the last 10, 15 minutes, which I thought was incredible, but I'm going to trust the writing on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Soha says, don't whine too hard. You might combust all the gasoline on Earth. <laughs> Harsh. All right. Thank you so much for joining the pod this week. Remember, you can find us live on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitch, Twitter, everything. You typically on Thursday talking Trek. Our next episode is not going to be on Thursday because of July. Because because of July Fourth, <laughs> my God. Because of New Year's Eve. When are we coming back? Who knows? Uh, we, uh, I believe we're doing it on New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nine o'clock. Yes. Sure. Nine Central. New Year's Day. Be here. We'll discuss the next episode of Discovery. Yes. And if you are listening to this or if you're on YouTube, there's a couple of things you can do to help support this show. If you are on YouTube, hit subscribe and hit that notification bell. It'll help you know when we're going live, especially since we're doing a couple of off days uh, here for the holidays. Also, if you can give us a review on Apple Podcasts, it helps other people find our show and we really appreciate it. You can find all the links to where you can find any of our faces or how to listen to us at StarTrekPod.co. The holidays are coming to an end, and you may have found a few extra bucks in your stocking. Go ahead and go to patreon.com slash Star Trek pod and throw those bucks our way. Uh, $2 an episode, and you get exclusive access to our Slack group for watch-alongs and chats with the the whole Trekkie gang and exclusive episodes. We'd love to have you over there, and we appreciate all of your support. That's patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. And I just want to remind everyone to check us out. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can hit us up at Star Trek Pod. Tweet about the episode, please. And also want to shout out to Karen, who helps run our Twitter, and James Worm, who runs our Insta. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, James. All right. Uh, Mariah, where can we find you on the internets? You can find me at Mariah Gossett on all platforms. That's Mariah with a Y and a Gossett with two S's and two T's. Grant Davis. Uh, At Baron Von Grant. Clyde. You can find me at Clyde Haynes on Twitter and www.keyandclyde.com. That's K-E-I and Clyde.com. Find me on Insta and Twitter at Mike Moody Garcia. Live long and prosper. <laughs>